you used to be a pro bodybuilder. You won your pro card. I won it in uh, 2016. Reaching your goals actually won't make you happy. The weird thing about bodybuilding for me was that even though it taught me so much and I'm super happy that I went on this journey, it never was really the actual passion. It mm. almost limited my real passion of traveling and learning. It was really just an extrinsically motivated goal to look better, impress people mm. or impress myself. The only thing worse than not reaching your dreams is reaching them. Yes. <laughs> the following is a conversation with my good friend Misha Janitz. We will be talking about his remarkable journey from winning pro bodybuilding competitions to becoming one of the first vloggers in the German speaking market and a world traveling educator as well as business owner. Among many other things, we will talk about tricking COVID restrictions as well as the lessons that we learned from our ayahuasca ceremony experiences. Lean back and enjoy. Mr. Misha. Hoi, grüezi. You are a ex-professional bodybuilder, business owner, icon, leader of a movement, your fellow main character, as I always say. Um, you're a YouTube personality, Instagram influencer. How do you describe yourself if people ask you what you do? It's mm, a good question. Uh, usually, I would say uh, when people ask me about my profession, I say educator nowadays. No shit. Yeah, I, I like the word teacher as well. Mm. I feel like I'm mostly teaching nowadays. Like I still coach, and and the word mentorship so sounds a little bit. Um, Sometimes when I'm feeling really good about myself and I feel like the people I talk to, they see who I am already, I can say like, yeah, I do mentorships. Mm. But usually the word mentor can already come off a little bit like, a little woo -woo, yeah. what, what is that? So, so I teach, <clears throat> but all um, besides that, I would say I'm just like um, somebody who really fucking loves his life. Mm. And uh, yeah, podcast host, you know. That's right. Totally forgot about that. Former athlete. No. Um, or... Um, it, it's it's really hard to say, man. I, I, I sometimes also feel the, the word influencer sounds so obsolete nowadays, yeah. but I really like to influence mm. in, in a real way, like mm. actually influence people's um, <laughs> lives yeah. and, and ask them questions that might um, lead to self-reflection on their end. Mm. So in a way, I really like to influence the influencers. Yeah, I'm the, the I'm the influence. The whisperer. Yeah, the, the influence, influence whisperer. whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, thanks for coming to Cyprus to be, to be on the podcast. Yeah, it's really cool. Here's one thing I always wanted to ask you. So you used to be a pro bodybuilder, pro athlete. Well, what is it called? Pro natural. Pro natural bodybuilder. Pro natural bodybuilder. And you, you won uh, your pro card or how yeah. exactly that worked? Yeah. I won it in uh, 2016 in, um, in California, actually. California. Yeah. And did you also get a sword? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What sword did you get? Yeah, I, I it's still in my dad's basement. <laughs> it, it is. It's a funny story because the sword was like my goal for seven years, and also. Ah, so you knew you were gonna get a sword. Yeah, I, I visualized that sword. Shit. I visualized myself with that sword. This was my whole thing, and when I got the sword, I was the most miserable because I realized like. Reaching your goals actually won't make you happy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, That's now awesome. I know it. I have it, and now what? You know, and. Yeah, the weird thing about bodybuilding for me was that even though it, it taught me so much and I'm super happy that I went on this journey, um, it never was really the actual passion. You know, it, it, it mm. almost limited my real passion of traveling and ah. and, and learning and, yeah. and, and focusing on people and all the other things I do now. So, so in a weird way, 
it was really just an extrinsically motivated goal to look better, to to Im impress people mm -hmm. or impress, uh, yeah, myself to, to a degree. And that's why the sword, it's an interesting story with that sword. It's, it's kind of like I, I got it, but then I was also like, oh, shit, what's now? What's mm, next? What's next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's next? Yeah. I, I, I said this a couple times before. It's like the only thing worse than not reaching your dreams is reaching them. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, here's the thing. Like I've had many goals myself that I reached that were super out of my reach. Right. I, I imagine you picturing that sword was super out there. Like it was a crazy dream of yours. And so was it for me also. My first big dream that I really fulfilled was to become a dating coach, internationally renowned and traveling the world. But then I didn't really feel that bad. I was like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. If I can do that, holy shit, what else can I do? Fuck, oh my God, I can do anything. Uh, and that was that was kind of cool. But but back to that sword here. So <laughs> is it a sharp sword? Like could you act, or is it like just a thing that you hang on the wall? Uh, yeah, I remember I had to tape it to oh, send it to, to actually bring it as a, as a, as a luggage in the, in the airplane, obviously yeah. checked in back and it's not super, it's not super sharp, but you could probably sharpen it. Did they ask you why the fuck do you have a sword? No, no, they didn't ask. No, 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 no. I mean, I remember checking it in and they were ask, asking what it is, but you saw that it's a sword because they had to like wrap it yeah, up. Yeah. But since it was not a checked, uh, I, like I, it was checked back. Okay. Yeah. Wait, but why is it? in a basement why is it not on a wall somewhere that's a good question man i think it, it's weird man i i don't know why but i never really felt so, so the thing is and i just want to mention i also reached goals where i didn't feel that afterwards mm -hmm. like for example when i bought my uh, house in thailand and i've sat there there were other feelings involved but i was like fucking i did it and it, I'm, i can't believe it that i did it you know mm -hmm. and there's certain goals like you also said in our podcast like when i became a millionaire i didn't even know mm -hmm. I, I i realized it when i was accidentally checking my accounts <laughs> yeah, i yeah. was like oh wow shit <laughs> i have a net worth of over a million interesting classic um but with the sword when i won the pro card i didn't even um i didn't even get it like I didn't even um, apply for for the whole thing. You had to pay two hundred bucks uh -huh. to get your pro card, and I was like, "This is a scam." <laughs> I I know I'm a pro. I don't want to. I don't want to be. And you know, this is the whole thing with bodybuilding. That's why for me, it is not a sport. <clears throat> bodybuilding is like a beauty contest, mm. like the hardest beauty contest in the world. Mm. So even though I won. I was like, yeah, I won, but maybe in another day with other uh, judges, maybe they would have given the other guy the award, you know? Mm -hmm. you know? So what is it that actually makes it um, that great? And it's usually just a struggle, you know? The, the, like, I remember it was almost like my first spiritual experience before I ever indulged in any uh, psychedelic substances. I remember this, like, day... <clears throat> it was like three uh, weeks before the competition. I was like on 6% body fat already. <laughs> And I just had like a three-hour workout um, with Patrick, and then we ate um, like food. Yeah. Like we ate like our little meal we had. I was gonna say the, the way you made the word food sound sounded so meager. You know? Yeah, it was a lot of vegetables, some rice, and some tofu, and and, and then we walked to the beach on, yeah. in Santa Monica. There's you know Santa Monica yeah, Beach yeah. is super long. Yeah. So if you want to walk from Santa Monica to the to the actual beach, it's like you walk for like ten minutes through the sand. Yeah. Or like six, seven minutes. And and I remember I couldn't 
walk anymore because walking in the sand has kind of is a little bit harder yeah, than on, yeah. on on the surface and then i just remember at some point i was like oh my god i have to lay down now and then i, I laid down patrick laid down and i i looked into the the sun closed my eyes and i was like okay maybe that's it you know like oh. it, it almost felt like a little bit like dying in a weird way almost like so weak that you can't even walk anymore yeah it, it's like it, just think maybe a thousand years ago if, if that would be the situation, you're starving and yeah. you have like your last walk and you, you eat a little bit and then you get like a little bit tired. So it felt almost like a near death experience, but a very peaceful one. Like I wasn't scared. I wasn't in any way feeling <clears throat> also not. Um, I didn't feel that there was danger involved. I just felt like, oh, peaceful, like, OK, mm. I, I could die right now. It was OK. That's how much I've tr transcended yeah. myself to that point. So, so I really want to say that that the whole thing around it was definitely like a lot of uh, meaningful things and i think i couldn't be here today without that whole thing mm. like even today i still feel like i monetize or i capitalize some of the mm, of course yeah. of my my success nowadays to those times even when people meet me on the streets they're like oh i watched your videos when i started training wow. 10 years ago and i was like whoa crazy that this is such an impact so. and that was three weeks before yeah fuck so you had three more weeks yeah of yeah yeah I, I imagine it got even worse and every day feels like you can't fucking do it anymore <laughs> like at the end i i slept for like four and a half hours and sleeping oh. is actually the only time where you're actually peaceful yeah if you really think about it like deep sleep is actually the most clearest peaceful state you can have as mm. consciousness mm. that's where there's no veil there's nothing mm. in front it's just pure consciousness so Sleep was so precious because that's when you weren't hungry. That's when there were no thoughts involved about like the future or, and, and then it was only four and a half hours. I wake up like 6am in the morning, too tired to train, but you have to go. Oh. And then after training, you eat your meal and you're hungry and you're like, what am I doing? You're still like, hungry after yeah, you just ate. That's yeah. The thing. And you can't train anymore. Like, uh, and you can't really do anything else. Like I remember I, I, I couldn't work anymore either. Like, I, like sitting in front of the computer, I was like, Oh, I, I, I don't want to do this. So I had to distract myself with, I don't know what. Like just and here's the crazy thing. The guy that came in second probably suffered just as much. Yeah. And the guy who came in third and fourth. And, you know, like the top 10 guys, they're probably all ultra fucked. Yeah. And then right. if I look at Mr. Olympia, those guys, they pump in steroids for like $250,000 a year probably, <sighs> right? On top of that. Yeah. Which... I don't know like how many of those guys die every year but yeah. it's, a, it's 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 it's, it's a quite a lot now yeah, like yeah. now with social media you actually see oh this guy dropped dead with 35 oh this guy had a heart attack with 40 mm -hmm. so it's quite of a it's it's quite of a dangerous sport totally. yeah. with not a lot of risk reward you know like we talked about mm -hmm. formula one or about like um all the other like sports where you actually make money True. but True. with bodybuilding like the, uh, some of those guys actually have to do gay porn and shit. I heard you know? that. Yeah. yeah, like there's yeah. like that one guy, Kai Green. He there's like this famous grapefruit video. I don't you know. know yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. So, so all together, if just just to summarize up, um, even even though I was natural, even though I didn't have to do those crazy things, and I made money with it already, just with my with my YouTube, mm. I still didn't feel proud about being a pro natural bodybuilding because I realized there's three different world organizations already. So 
I'm not the best of the best, even if I win one of those. Mm. And then even if I'm the best of the best, maybe some other people would say like, no, he actually isn't the best. And then yeah. next year it's, and, and also this idea of like the best, you know, like domination. We talked about this too. Like I really was about domination. I remember mm. how I was like listening to Kollega before <laughs> I went on stage and I really knew I'm going to dominate everybody now. Sick. Yeah. But, but somehow now I feel more on the I'm more on the stimulation side of life. Like mm. I like I like more to travel and to, to get new things and, and also to be more harmonious. Like even sometimes being very balanced is, is also like joy now. Mm. But still more and, and dominant still to a certain pound too in other in other ways. I, I really like to bring people together which have a lot of power mm. like nowadays i would say one of my favorite things is to create like think tanks mm. with very smart people and listen to how they talk with each other and just being basically a witness of gen like geniuses yeah yeah interacting yeah. with each other and you're good at that too yeah i love you're good that at bringing these people together yeah it's it's funny because you say um you know every time i meet you you feel like a slightly different misha yeah yeah and uh i don't have it I don't feel that to such a degree with many other people. Like I'm schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like every time I'm like, because we meet each other like once a year or something like that, right? I mean, this year is a little bit more, which is great, by the way. Um, but I'm like every time I meet you, I'm like, oh, this guy fucking progressed like five levels higher than last time I looked at him. Mm. And not many people do that. Some people are exactly the same. Some people progress backwards. God, God bless. And then some people progress like one or two levels, so to speak, if you would quantify it. Um, if I look at my own journey, we have some parallels. We've always had some parallels, which mm -hmm. I always found cool. So for me, this whole, the parallel of your bodybuilding career was for me, the, my first business in the dating advice realm. Mm -hmm. And if I think back to that, I feel for me, it was a very, 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 natural progression it was i built a dating advice business it became a very lucrative business it was amongst the biggest fastest growing most lucrative in that niche if not the biggest most lucrative in the world and then of course from there i went on to do business consulting because i'm like okay i help other people how to also build a coaching business just like i did but for you it just looking from the outside in, it almost looks like you've been living different lives. Mm -hmm. For, you did this bodybuilder life. I don't know many bodybuilders that get out of that stigma. Stigma is a hard, hard, too hard of a word, but that get out of that, okay, you're just a bodybuilder guy. Mm -hmm. Because I think when a lot of people hear Misha Janitz, not a lot of them will say bodybuilder. A lot of them will say other things. And having such a hard cut in that and then being becoming known for something else that's really fucking difficult mm -hmm. how do you see yourself do you is it a, a natural progression from you from the bodybuilding over to the influencer game over to what you're doing now where you're helping people with the chainless lifestyle or do you feel like oh that was a completely different misha i would love to know how you see yourself mm. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question because I feel there is a part of me that never changed. Mm. Even when I was a boy, there's a quality that's always here. Mm. Like if you would have asked me 20 years ago, who are you? I would say like I'm me, you know, like I this this feeling of I is still the same thing. Mm. Even like probably when I remember my first memories when I was a kid. 
And I still feel like I'm I. That's why sometimes it's really hard when people ask me, how would you describe yourself? It's really hard for me to do that, to put a label on myself. Mm. Because um, there's this word in German, which called uh, it's called Vorbild, mm. an example. But in Germany, Vorbild, if you really di dissect that word, it means you're putting a picture in front of you mm. for build. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I mean, you know my content. I, I say whatever I want to fucking say. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have any things to hide about uh, substances, relationships, different uh, business models, or like how I want to live my work, uh, life, tax, tax uh, stories, um, anything, you know, like mm -hmm. anything. And some people say like, oh, Misha, you're not a good example you was kind of this forbid and mm -hmm. i'm like yeah fuck i'm not mm -hmm. i i live i'm organic you know i'm an organism that mm -hmm. is evolving like you said and i feel like maybe the reason why people perceive that level up is just because i'm not trying to um, grasp too much on old stories that don't um, serve me anymore mm -hmm. like i'm really aware that everything is a story and therefore if you're a good marketer to your own story you just mark you just take the story and you um, listen to what serves you and with you I mean not the old you which is scared of letting go <laughs> but actually going through that through that um, yeah through that portal almost of like what the fuck is going to be on the other side and I also didn't know and it was scary man I wouldn't say that I was um, just like waking up one day and saying like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I remember I, I, it was like a six month phase of me actually like questioning everything. Like mm -hmm. why, what, what am I even doing? That was after you got the pro card? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those, that phase was really, really hard for me. And they, it ended up me leaving um, Switzerland completely and, and just traveling through South America for a few mm -hmm. months where I've discovered uh, coffee, <laughs> <laughs> Spanish, um, I was actually getting involved with it with my um, girlfriend back then, which is now my ex-girlfriend. But uh, just like realizing, oh, there's so much more to life than the idea of who I am. And I think um, for a lot of people which are projecting a sort of image, even if it's strategically and completely well um, thought through, you still tend to... Um, create this image in yourself too of this is who I have to be this is the responsibility I have and this is the expectation people have of me and one of the first things I do in my mentorship is actually um, challenging your roles mm -hmm. so so challenging the roles not only the one you like to display but also the ones which maybe were expected of you in a very young age and you never really realized that you're still playing it and also challenging the roles which are maybe not sitting at the table right now because they're still there somewhere waiting to finally get the permission to sit with you on the table with all the other parts. Like I said, mm. schizophrenic is a joke, <laughs> but in a weird way, if you really look at the work of Carl Jung or like the parts work, um, which some therapists do, there is different parts in us. And I think the most uh, tragic uh, stories I always hear is, is, is that people, when they get older, that they realized it at some point, but they didn't listen they didn't listen clear enough and they, they suppressed those parts. And on the other hand, there is this also this challenge. Like I said, for me, there is this constant challenge of the acknowledgement that there is different parts in, my, in me and mm -hmm. myself. And sometimes I don't want the same fucking things. Uh -huh. And, and to, to have almost like a tolerance for this ambiguity, you know, like there's this ambiguity mm. in you and, and acknowledging it and almost like embracing it of saying like, okay, 
you and you, you, you guys, we have we have different goals, but let's 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 create it together. Yeah. And that and that creates kind of like a, in my opinion, like a like the feeling I feel um, when I'm in this state of full acceptance and allowance is is aliveness. Hmm. And sometimes that's not even happiness. Sometimes that is this feeling of uncertainty, which 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 makes you feel contracted for a moment, but then <gasps> it's almost like you work through it, mm. like through a hard set, and then you feel alive again. So so that's why this this feeling guides me. Since 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 this experience, I would say this is the feeling that guides me. It's not a thought. It's literally like how do I feel? And when I sit down in front of a laptop, um, and and I have this like freebie I have to do, and I feel a contraction. And this sounds for some people that's not the best best advice because it's literally the opposite of what I did to become successful mm-hmm. in bodybuilding, where I did not what I wanted to do, yeah. where I did for seven years not what I felt of doing. I felt like eating, I didn't, you mm-hmm. know. So so there is there is a lot of value in the so so called linear masculine approach of like following through mm-hmm. and actually creating certain structures. But then there's also this deep yearning in, in my opinion, every person, if you listen close enough of like embracing what is and re and, and just like letting it flow, just, and just listen rather than ask, like you don't ask questions, you don't expect answers and you just start to listen more deeply, more quiet. And that's why, um, yeah, the, the personality is, uh, it is a very, it, it is a very, um, subjective thing and it also changes um interpersonal so when we come back to the roles now like when i sit with you for example i feel like there's a different relationship between us than if i sit with my girlfriend or with my mother right like i have to especially with with family you come back right there's like Mm. this very famous saying of ram das which says if you think you're enlightened Spend one week with your family <laughs> and you will see how enlightened you are because they trigger you and they put they you back you into back. the role yeah. and you think like, oh, no, but I've transcended that role. Mommy, look at me. Look who I really am. Mm. And then you prove and come the subconscious comes back of like, I want to prove it to my mom or to my dad. And then to just like basically be aware of all of those and to realize, oh, there is that little boy. He, 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 I transcended it, You're still there. but they're still there, you know, and, and, and like, I'm like, okay, you want to come sit down, you know, like, let's, let's, let's have a talk. Yeah. Yeah. Just be more self-compassionate with yourself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny. I had to nurture that role really hardcore. This, this role of like, you want to chill, go chill. You feel like resting. That doesn't mean you're weak. That has been, you know, to stick with that metaphor, that guy wasn't even not sitting at the table. That guy was in the basement, locked up in the basement. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And over time, I had to like get this motherfucker out and also realize that part of being strong is that you have moments where you allow yourself to be weak. It sounds so contradictive, but it is true. Like true strength isn't just as linear, strong at all times. True, true strength means in certain moments that are picked carefully enough, you can and should be weak because there's things to learn in weakness. There's beauty to be had in weakness. One of the most beautiful things to experience is to hug someone and cry mm-hmm. just because you've been through a lot the last week or last month. Yeah. And, and that gives you more strength than it actually takes. Yeah, and I, I would reframe or rephrase the word weakness with vulnerable oh. vulnerability mm-hmm. because that's more what it actually is because it is not weak, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's Good. not weak. It's actually vulnerable. And the best metaphor I have 
um, because it, it relates a lot to myself because I grew up with such a fucking alpha dad. Like my dad is mm. so fucking alpha, you know, like I never saw him cry. Mm. Like when, when they broke up, my mom and my dad, he was locked up for three days in his room. And after that, he just went to Poland. And when he came back, he was like a new made man. And he's hmm. like, okay, that's it. You know, we broke up, but, but he never showed me his, his, his tender side. So um, for me, even though I was very sensitive when I think back about uh, on my childhood, I almost forgot this this side of myself and mm. it actually didn't serve me well when I was growing up and I realized like holy shit there is competition out there so I, I, I'm a strong believer in competition when you're young and not mm. trying to protect your children like my yeah. mom tried to protect me and I'm glad my, da my dad didn't try like when I told him like yeah there were other guys they tried to fucking fuck with me it's like yeah then sh show yourself like mm. you know like why, why are you coming to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like that. But eventually <clears throat> I realized, and I think I realized that with my last girlfriend um, uh, over the years, because she was very, very vulnerable. Hmm. And I was the opposite. So, and, hmm. and, and every time she cried, I was like, holy fuck, what's wrong? Hmm. <laughs> what's fucking that. wrong right yeah. now? You know? Yeah. So crying was like wrong. And that really... Um, took a while for me to understand that there's nothing wrong that is full expression and um at some point i realized to bring it back to vulnerability that i had like this crazy armor and i forgot that i'm wearing it mm -hmm. so so when when we talk about chainless life or freedom i always say freedom is to have a choice right and and i feel like most guys for that forget that they have an armor they don't have the choice anymore to even take it off like as long as you as long as you can still take it off you can wear it like you said in our podcast to be a leader you shouldn't like whine around and like yeah. and like as uh, always question yourself and you have to be strong and if that's the role you like to play like you said you can choose your role and say like i want to be a leader mm. i want to be strong it's like me i love to be strong mm. for others especially i love it but eventually there is the moment when i realize okay now this fucking thing gets heavy let's fucking get it off yeah you have to yeah. be able to do that. And that's, that's, I even think like men specifically get so confused right now because we, you and I, we grew up with don't show weakness from, at least from a standpoint of like pop culture, right? The people we grew up with are James Bond, right? Like the cool dude that gets all the girls, which is, I would argue, argue, okay, this is my subjective point more um, beneficial for young men than the stuff that is being propagated right now, which oh, is yeah. you should be weak. Like, don't, do not show dominance. Do not show strength. Do not um, man, mansplain yourself and help, you know? Like, <clears throat> so that's even more confusing because now you're being trained to be fucking weak um, and the things are supposed to be given to you. So now you become really entitled. Now here's the problem. Here's the, the natural result of you feeling entitled which is you turn bitter because when you feel entitled to something that you objectively speak and don't deserve you're not going to get it in this world mm. ergo you're not going to get it but you feel like you deserve it you're only going to get bitter and that's <clears throat> that's a really really difficult position to be in as a young man bitter young men are the most dangerous thing in today's society because bitter young men they fuck things up. They yeah. mistreat women. Uh, that can go from being disrespectful uh, on a comment on social media all the way to rape, mm -hmm. all the way to abusive relationships if they ever get in one. 
Um, these men combined with, you know, testosterone, energy, that energy being unchanneled, these, these men go out there, they protest bullshit, they, you know, they damage public goods, they literally do damage to society physically as well as, you know, uh, mentally, psychologically. It's really, really bad because you still have that energy when you grow up. You know, you know how you feel when you're 16, 17, 18, mm -hmm. 19, your testosterone boosts up, your hormones are all crazy. And if you're not lucky as a young man to have something where I can put that energy in, be it bodybuilding, fitness, any sort of sport, playing video yeah. games, guitar, any outlet where you can channel this in, you're just gonna go crazy with that energy. And if you then are, if you combine that then with you know the wrong type of, of, of social circle of a bunch of losers, they all take drugs, they all get drunk, they all disrespect women, you're fucked. Like it's gonna take years for you to get back out of that if you even ever get out of it. Yeah. I, I think it's also to a point not really avoidable. Um, if I really look at the social structure we're in, where everybody has to make it, I don't want to say that this is uh, wrong or, or not good mm -hmm. or we shouldn't do it like that, but I, I'm saying that if you really look back at how we used to be as, as tribes, there was like something like a rite of passage. So when you yeah. were like 16 or 18 or even earlier, sometimes you had to go into the woods alone and actually individuate from your mother and your family, right? And actually survive. And some of the guys didn't make it back, you know? Mm -hmm. And some of the guys with quote unquote weak genes, they weren't able to give their- um, Pass on their genes. Pass on their genes and uh, some other alpha dude like we also had this guy in our uh, in our ceremony, right? He said he has 36 children. Yeah. So so in that sense, um, now we have like this like uh, democ democratization of everything. Like everybody has the same rights. Everybody needs to have a girlfriend, and 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 some women um, are. Um, feeling that this is not what they want right like there's some women they don't want just a guy they want a good guy yep. and then they also get frustrated because they realize like oh there's not like how many girls do i talk to they say like oh there's no good guys out there yeah, yeah. and like and i talked with a woman about that too on my podcast and she says like yeah but the problem of women is they have too high of a standard mm -hmm. and especially now with their uh if they have like a job let's say a woman is a dentist she doesn't want to um date the guy who cleans the teeth yeah you know he, yeah. He, she wants a, 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 a exactly. male of an equal status yeah. and therefore with all this equality and all this like focus on equality we're, we're getting into really weird territories mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. where i also don't really believe that we're um doing the guys a favor by by telling them to be more uh, sensitive and more emotional uh, even though i'm a big believer in actually acknowledging what you feel and actually not creating this dissonance um but yeah, it's almost like the system, how it is placed right now, it, it, it doesn't really allow for um, anything else than this, 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 this um, result. And now we're just more aware of the result. Yeah. But I think, I, I think back then it was now, okay, now it's 75% of, of, of uh, the suicides are male, white male, mm. and it's tragic. But look, if you look, if you look back a few thousand years ago, they didn't even make it. You know, they didn't even make it. So now we're on this point where like, what are we going to do with all those people who are supposed, supposedly not making it? And one of my theories is like, yeah, actually own your shit mm -hmm. and do your own rite of passage. And when yeah. I squat 150 pounds, uh, 150 kilos, there's no problems. Hmm. Like, like if you work hard every day physically, you can't have problems. Like the, the, the male 150 years ago, uh, they were working on the fields every day and came home and slept, you know, yeah. obviously it was not the dream life of what you uh, are seeing nowadays. 
but they at least didn't have any mental issues because they were just working the whole day mm-hmm. and the problem we have with social media is that we have like this like we grow like we live better than a fucking king three four hundred years ago yes that's true and everybody knows it there's even books about it like factfulness you can actually see how we're having there was never a time where we had more prosperous life but on the same time the expectations grow way faster than what we're actually growing with Mm -hmm. so so that's why this comparison with other people is what makes us inherently unhappy and that's why if you still are on social media every day and you compare yourself with other people it's your fucking that, that, that's why i don't have compassion with you like <laughs> you don't need to be on this fucking machine and and, and feel like unhappy just go out there like, kiss yourself off the sun you know if, if you have sunlight yeah if you have something to do with your bare hands and that's manhood at the end of the day right there's like do something just start to do something feel yeah. into yourself instead of like whining around yeah. Amen. Hey, by the way, this episode is sponsored by absolutely no one. I make a lot of money myself. I don't need wax sponsors. However, what I am asking you is a single thing, and that is to drop us a five-star rating. Whether you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple iTunes or anywhere else, please do consider giving us a positive review. Um, we love giving this absolutely epic value out for everyone so the only thing i'm asking for is uh, leave us a five star thingy you can literally do that right now uh thank you so much i really appreciate the living hell out of you and uh let's continue amen. seriously hey man you mentioned something really interesting that's something I've, uh, I've been meaning to talk to you about anyways you said okay this whole system right and it gets worse right plus it gets amplified so when I wake up nowadays, and I, if I, if, because I don't do it, but if I would look at the news now, which I haven't looked at actively in like 20 years, I would see war in Israel, war in Ukraine, um, politicians here, woke agenda there, crazy right wingers over there, left versus right, right, Russia versus Ukraine, blah, 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 war everywhere, everything is going shit, da, 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 this guy, immigration, people want more immigrants, people want more rights to immigrants, people want immigrants out, right, and I'm just like, every time I hear about shit like that, about the new thing, I remove myself even more from all the bullshit that everybody talks about. The more I hear about this, I focus myself even more on my mission and I say, I'm just gonna work even harder now mm-hmm. to make my money, to be there for my clients, to pull as many people in my environment up, which includes the people in my company, my family, loved ones, friends, as well as my clients. That's what I'm gonna focus on. And our focus is to get the fuck away from all that other shit. Mm-hmm. This whole COVID shit, was an even a more amplifying factor where I'm like, okay, you guys, you guys over there, you want to be fear-mongered, you want to be, uh, literally get uh, vaccine passports and, 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 and mandates and you are happy with wearing three masks on top of each other while you're at your job eight hours a day? Cool. Not even going to be against it. If you go back and check out my content from 20, 2020, 2021, 2022, I never spoke out against vaccines or anything. I always just kept my mouth shut because I was like, you guys discuss that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be over there making money and fucking off. Mm-hmm. Right? Excuse my language. But I'll literally be over there, travel wherever the fuck I want, 
have a good life, go to restaurants and do my thing. You guys discuss left versus right over there. You guys discuss, should we support a war or not? I'm over there making fucking money and opting out of that mm-hmm. bullshit. And that kind of resurfaced with me with yeah. this whole Israel war because I get DMs from people like, who do you side with? Are you with your bros in Israel? Or are you with the guys over there? And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know shit, okay? I don't know anything because in Ukraine, it affected me because mm-hmm. I had team members there. And even there, we've discussed it on your podcast. My focus wasn't on, well, who is an asshole, even though I knew and who's the fucking aggressor. My focus was to get the people out and help the people that are still there. That's all I focused on. Here right now, I'm like, I don't, I don't side with anything. How about that? I am, I am against children dying. How about that? Mm-hmm. Right? I am against innocent people going to war. How about that? That's what I'm for. Mm-hmm. And I don't have an effect on that. If I had, I would make sure that I would have a positive effect. What I do have an effect on is opting the hell out of this, making my money and being away and having the mm-hmm. option so I can move wherever the fuck I want. How is that with you? Because I feel like you're very similar. When this whole COVID stuff happened, you just traveled around where the restrictions weren't hardcore. You found your own way. Mm-hmm. Are you similar with this? Or, or, or how, how, what's your philosophy behind that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's obviously a very complex uh, topic and you opened up a lot of different loops. But I think... Uh, the, the the first thing I want to say is that I definitely also see the the big problem right now in in taking sides like mm-hmm. you, almost like you have to take a side otherwise you have to be otherwise you're just neutral and that's also not good but I feel like there's so much complexity involved that it, it almost feels a little bit um, lazy to just take a side mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's very lazy to just say like um, oh yeah. Uh, this is what uh, even if you just watch a few youtube videos and that's my first question is always to people when they involve themselves in anything is like what is your intention Hmm. and if you can't really answer that question then you're reactive Hmm. and reactive means maybe you were even reactive in the moment you said like oh i'm actually not going to look at it at all anymore because Hmm. there is fight flight or freeze right like there is a lot of things some people go and protest out of reactivity it's not actually their real intention Hmm. they don't even know they're just like a herd mentality you know like how the iq drops 15 points when you're in a herd that's already a thing you know and then some people like i did it also in the beginning of COVID. i completely opted out you know and i realized like hey this is this is too stupid mm. but then eventually you also realize that this war and that's this is where i am sometimes tapping into when i when i go into meditation or when i just like get very quiet it's like the question what does ha- that what does that that have to do with me like wh- wh- where's the war inside of me still mm. right like we're coming back to this like the ta- people on the table and then realizing that there is some sort of like i wouldn't call it like um duty but i would call it a responsibility i still have in um really thinking about my uh, intention like what what is my intention you know so it always brings me back to where am i still blind where I, do i still feel like i'm judging people mm. or or when somebody somebody scams me i want to also like fucking you know like kill him or demolish him or whatever just like those reactivity so 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 coming out of reactivity coming back into like stillness and realizing okay what is actually the thing right now that serves me and the people around me the most and yeah sometimes it is literally what you say is like hey i don't want to be part of this discussion i'm just gonna take my my uh, own way and work um, and and th- there is, I think, especially in days today, it's so so um, crucial and at the same time, same time, hard to be compassionate, 
without letting it completely on the empathy side destroy you, mm. right? Like, because you open your heart and it fucking hurts, but you still don't want to retreat completely. You, you still want to somehow be in, like, in the awareness of what's happening, but not letting it uh, affect your limbic system where you completely like emotionally fuck up yeah. and like you become reactive again and you start to like discuss with people because that's what I hated uh, around COVID is like this discussion mm -hmm. where my mom was like talking with me for 30 minutes and she was like yeah and they got vaccinated and now I can't go there anymore because it's like and I'm like mom if if you decide not to get vaccinated that's perfectly fine but then don't complain <laughs> then please don't complain so so the only thing what we don't need nowadays is more people hating in comment sections against each other complaining about each other's ignorance because this is exactly what we're doing just without weapons you know social yeah. is almost like a Point. it's almost like a war without weapons yeah. it's, it's it's actually probably better but it's also somehow like completely foolish yeah. to, to engage. So, so if you ask me, man, what's my stance? I'm like, what is my intention? And it's, it's like you said, I, I really try to do the best I can. I try to do good work. I try to be honest with myself, with the people around me. I try to follow through with what I say. I focus on that. And on top of that, I just, just try to be as, 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 as regulated as possible as a, as an organism. Mm -hmm. So as we all have, we're all basically, what we all are at the end of the day is little nervous systems. Yeah. <laughs> we're all little nervous systems. And the only thing you need to do is to be regulated because if you're a regulated nervous system, and that's basically the whole work the shamans are doing in, in ayahuasca ceremonies is like they co come and they regulate the person which is not regulated with their own regulated nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're reactive, even if you think you do the right thing, but if, it, if it's coming from a place of reactivity and you're actually not really here, you might um, overwork yourself or you might um, have like little, for me, it's usually what I do is, is when I overstep my own boundaries, I get very uh, impatient with people. Mm, yeah, and then I get like, like, you know, like, fuck, why don't you understand it? Like you said, like we expect things from other people and we don't give it to ourselves yeah. and that's like the perfect recipe for everything like mm. like you feel like a victim you you yeah you are broke probably too because that's literally yeah. what happens you can't yeah. expect other people to do anything if yeah. you don't want to do it to yourself or yourself exactly yeah. it's funny that you said you know like there's kind of like war what we're doing in in, in comment section and here's the interesting thing i, I thought about this a lot so <laughs> 2000 years ago life physical life and physical harm meant was so normal right life meant so little that like you know you, you step on the other guy's property you just chop your head off with a sword right and it was so normal to murder people right it was like a very normal thing that two guys in a in a in a tavern right 2000 mm -hmm. years ago they would fight over some really stupid shit uh, and they would just kill each other Right, um, and then what, if you fast forward to now, it's really looked down upon to be physically reacting, meaning you punch someone in the face, right? It, it's not normal. Like if you go to a bar and you get in a fight and you punch someone in the face, people are like, yo, whoa, that, whoa that's not cool. Mm -hmm. Whoa, whoa. So we draw a clear line with physical harm, physical murder. But what we don't draw a line yet is things like, 
comment sections where yeah. you're threatening people, where uh, you know you, you're telling people that you're full of shit and stuff like that. We're like, we're not drawing a line there yet. We're like, oh yeah, well that's okay, right? And then you have the other extreme where so wokeness says, where it's like, okay, well you can't say something, yeah, right? Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you use the word, the the, the the incorrect pronouns, that's as bad as physically harming someone. Mm-hmm. So you have these two different ideas, and and I think. The optimist in me would guess that just like we're now looking down upon physical harm, like, hey, it's not okay if you punch someone in the fucking face just because you were discussing whatever your favorite football team, that I hope that we evolve into a situation where we say, hey, this, this is not cool either. Mm. You can't just take someone's freedom of speech away and or well, that's one extreme, right? And then the other extreme is like, hey, you can't just... Um, uh, emotionally go crazy on someone or emotionally abuse your girlfriend or your boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is still a, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, like I know so many men that are emotionally abused by their partners, by their girlfriend. I know so many women that are emotionally abused by their male partners. And imagine they would physically hit each other, yeah. right? Like girl comes out with, with a black eye, like, yo, what, whoa, your boyfriend t- did this to you? We gotta talk to him. This guy's gotta go to the police, right? He's gotta yeah. go. I gotta get him to jail. But like, oh yeah, well, your boyfriend is emotionally abusing you. He's just an yeah. asshole, right? So I hope the optimist in me thinks that we will evolve beyond that too. Because I like. Sorry to interrupt you. Because I like the fact that more and more people say, "Hey, folks, it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Why are we still at war? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are there mm-hmm. still weapons in town? Like, what are you doing?" We're beyond that. I thought we fixed that after World War II. And then, you know, no, we're still fucking at war. So I like it when people say that because I agree. I'm like, hey, it's 2023. Like, yeah. shouldn't we be able to, be, to fucking discuss things? Shouldn't we have diplomacy to fucking regulate this? Do we really need to send our brothers, our sons, our fathers to war to kill other people, strangers that they actually have nothing against? Mm-hmm. It's such an outdated concept of war. Like, what the fuck is this even? What are we doing? We should be above that with all our intellect, with all our, our, our development, with all our intelligence. Like you, you, you'd, all, you'd think we, we, we'd figure that shit out, but it's already getting less, mm-hmm. which is great. So, you know, sometimes I think about aliens, funny enough. We should talk about this too. Uh, sometimes I think about aliens and I'm like, okay, if there's like interstellar aliens, they're traveling around, they travel through, in, through dimensions, do they still wage war? Or do they look at us like we look at monkeys and be like, look at these stupid humans. They're still killing each other. Yeah, man. It, it's really an interesting question. Well, what is the purpose of war, mm. right? Like you can say like war is, is, is just bad. That's mm. how I saw it for a long time. But if you really look what war brought us to, like eventually it also had somehow like almost like a creative side, right? It like this, It's almost like this like... Technology evolves. Everything, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a very good point. It has a... Doesn't mean we support war, but the same time we cannot ignore the positive effects that it had. Like a lot of, a lot of, I mean, iPhone technology, a lot of the technology that is in there, was created initially because we wanted to kill each other better. Yeah. Right. The GPS, like all that comes from military, and then only then it gets used in civil. So I agree, it it does have advantages. Yeah, that, this is the question. I wouldn't even say advantages. I would just say that the consequence of human beings, of nervous systems fighting each other has somehow brought us here. Yeah. You know, and now the question is where does it going to bring us 
mm. down the line mm. like is it, is it gonna like still like are we gonna look at this in 2000 years and gonna say like oh actually it it, it was still important to have that war because yeah. there's still something we didn't learn because it's, it's actually happening and that's why i always ask myself what is ha does it have to do with me right mm. like where do i still not see where i'm still blind and um, there's so many, uh, so many things, right? Like it's also what you said about the focus on violence, on physical violence versus emotional violence. Mm -hmm. And if you really look at, uh, for example, people when they break their arm or they have like a, an injury, they go right away to the doctor. Mm -hmm. But there's people they're depressed for fucking years and they don't do anything, you know. So it, there is this kind of like weird thing that we that we still believe that our physical body and our mind are separated from each other mm. there's still like this this duality this notion yes that we're not our yes. mind and our body is not the same thing but it is actually if you really look at it and you see it as one complex system you start to understand okay there is probably something um happening in you the, no matter what happens so, mm. so everything is somehow created through you and that's obviously really really scary for certain people to acknowledge that mm. because that brings you into full responsibility and even for some people in in paranoia but it, it's almost like a process to go through this and to realize like okay if the universe is really in you yeah almost like what else is there than than what i experience right now and there's like this this understanding of okay there is a war so what does that mean and for me it means that there is somehow a war going on in myself too and is it is sometimes also creative war like sometimes yeah. those people like the, the roles on my table they they hate each other mm. like there's self-hate you mm. know and self-hate sometimes is also not really a bad thing for me sometimes yeah. there has to be somebody who says like like for example with me like i can't smoke weed anymore without having bad um, effects from it mm. it's just something i had to acknowledge this year so there had to be a point where i was like so much like motherfucker you're lying to yourself that you have it under control just acknowledge that you don't finally mm. you know like you i can't respect that behavior anymore mm. so, th so through that war i was able to finally get to the point where i'm now in peace yeah because i acknowledged it so my hope is that there will be eventually there will be enough awareness and enough pain for people to understand that this doesn't have to be. Mm. And I also hope that we're going to have strong leaders who will um, inspire us uh, to finally trust again into institutions. Yeah. You know, because right now the whole world is not really trusting yeah. anything. And if there's one thing we need as a, as a society, it's trust. Mm. Right. And there is other things. I think like the system in, in place, big countries don't make sense for me. Like if mm. I look at Switzerland, if I look at all the small countries that actually make it, it's usually because they're small. <laughs> and, the, and as soon as you have bigger countries, they, they have That's issues. A good, good point, yeah. so, so for me, it's clear that we need smaller systems and uh, more value centered systems so mm. everybody has different values so in america it's already happening with blue state and, and red state mm. it's almost like splitting off yeah. and i think it's good you know if half of la finally moves to fucking uh, texas <laughs> that's exactly what should has to happen you know like yeah. people don't like this value system and they have the freedom to go yeah. but if you stay there and you complain i have no compassion i mean i have compassion maybe but i have no interest in dealing with you long term mm. because mm. it's just not my um, it's just not my, my, my time worth, you know, but mm. I, I can still see how some certain people, they just, yeah, they're just in their own bubble and, and it's really hard for them to break out. And 
I mean, I don't know, man. I, I would love to talk with Putin on my podcast mm-hmm. and ask him a few questions, you know, yeah. just, just to understand him. Yeah. Because I think that's what inherently is, is missing in a lot of those um, people. It's like, do you really want to understand? Mm. Like, do you really want to understand the other person? Because I don't know anything about the war because I'm, I'm, I'm honest enough to say I'm not really interested enough because it doesn't affect me enough mm. in, in, directly. Yep. But I'm more interested in, in the motivations of human beings. And, mm. and, and when I look at those politicians and, for example, also somebody like Trump, which has so many weird parts about him, <laughs> but, then, but then somehow he was, he was somehow connecting with Putin, you know? And, and my question is, would that have happened if he would still be here right now? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't think that Trump is a good president, but mm-hmm. I think that he's a, he's a, somehow people respect him mm-hmm. and somehow Putin and tr- like w- would, because tr- maybe Trump would have said like, hey, Putin, you can't do that fucking shit, man. Yeah. That's, that's, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this is how I f- still feel at the end, we're still humans. Like you think about the government, uh, like government, but it's still like there's one person in place. Yeah. And it's usually the strongest nervous system. <laughs> the st- if you really look at biology, the strongest nervous system always wins. Fuck. It's in every closing call, you know, the same thing. It's like the one with the highest energy is usually the one that makes the close yeah. or not, you yeah. know? So, so there's like this, this understanding that um, Trump and Putin in one room, they talk like fucking on one uh, you know yeah, on one island. And, and, and and we need leaders that are able to respect each other and say like guys we should fucking keep this yeah. like you said like we sh- we should not do this yeah, yeah. you know kim jong il and like uh, i don't know Ki- kim jong ping come all together <laughs> just like smoke a cigar and and you know maybe we don't like everything we do but we should at least keep this shit together but as soon as there is like people you don't respect in leader positions yeah then this shit starts that's to happen that that's just my intuition yeah it's, it's just it's a very controversial topic some people will probably uh uh comment now like ah, oh, you have no fucking idea but it's just like yeah, but, yeah. that's that's what i believe is is that we need a, a certain amount of people who, which are able to to talk with each other yeah yeah i i often think about this too i'm like when you're Trump and you're meeting fucking Kim Jong-un who's like letting his people starve, right? And you're like sitting with him on a table and you're like, well, what are you doing, man? Your people are fucking dying. <laughs> you know, like, bro, like, let's be serious. That's like, what I would tell him. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, okay, camera's off, like, just you and me. Like, bro, like what are you doing? Get out. Like, are you, yeah. do you know? What do you, like... Do you know, but you don't care, or are you being Explain lied to? Explain it to me. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want I to understand. No, Kim, Kim, <laughs> Kim, Kim, seriously, Kim, yeah. I'm so interested. Yeah, like, because what? because maybe. The whole world is, is portraying you wrong. Exactly. Please explain yeah, your like, logic I, to me. I, I want really to want to understand. Like, I would, like, what are you what are you doing, man? Like, is it true that you have like five hundred women in your hair? Like, what? How does that? You know, like, I, and sometimes I, as just a layman, I think about like, what do they talk about? Or or are they like? Yo, what's up? Yeah. What am I gonna, yo, I got way more nuclear wars than you, bro. Fuck you. You know, I like wait, maybe they're like full on like idiots. What if yeah. they're just like, like, bruh, man, have you eaten cheeseburgers? You don't have that shit in New York. Like, maybe they're like that. They're just like, you know, like two football players like teasing each other. I don't know. I would love yeah. to know. How I, I really would love to know how this works. You know, like at the end, it's still humans. Okay, they have like the most uh, responsibility exactly. of all over, but. But if you have no judgments and full open um, desire for understanding, how can somebody who doesn't have anything to hide, who is actually like 
true to himself yeah, yeah. you know like if i can ask you critical questions and you can answer them if you have nothing to hide yeah. if people ask me critical questions i love it because mm. they stimulate my my creative mind of thinking mm. so so i would go to those i would invite all of them to my podcast <laughs> and and even though i know it, because you said something interesting also the censorship thing mm. that's one of the only things where i don't have like a clear hundred percent um opinion still because there's so much censorship happening and some people say like it's bad and some people say it's necessary. And I've listened to Sam Harris about mm. uh, his argument that censorship is actually uh, somehow sometimes actually also important because mm. he made this claim with all the doctors um, Joe Rogan had, us in, had on his YouTube channel yeah. uh, on his podcast. On podcast so, yeah. so it's basically like you have like 20 doctors and they talk for three hours and it's like they can basically say whatever they want and joe is not a fucking expert so yeah. he has no ability to refute mm. the eventual uh, mistakes those people say yeah so the, the 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 logic behind it is it takes way less effort to make up bullshit than to actually um refute it afterwards yeah, yeah. so th so that's why i see if you have like somebody like alex jones you know or like mm. all those people talking for hours um, and, and, and then that's why some people, maybe you shouldn't bring them on your podcast either because they would just like make up so many different things. And then if I, um, if I, if I didn't prepare myself for all those arguments, yeah. I won't be able to, um, say something in real time. So my listeners will basically feel like, oh yeah, this guy has, mm -hmm. so, so that's the dangerous part. Like yeah. it's almost like not censorship. It is like, we, I mean, is there somebody who wouldn't bring on your podcast, uh, because of that reason? I couldn't think of any. Fuck him. Let him talk. Yeah. Um, what I, I think what's important is, is that, because you said the argument for you was like, okay, like Joe Rogan or whoever is the podcast host doesn't have enough information to refute that information. Yeah. He doesn't have to, but he needs to make sure that there is a counter argument either in a different episode with a different guest. But then you're like, well, I didn't listen to that one. Yeah. I listened to the one. In an ideal world, you have them come both here. Yes. And you have them debate. And you as the host, you're kind of the middleman. You're representing your listeners like, hey, yeah. I don't know anything. I'm unbiased. Uh, on one hand, should I get vaccinated? Because this shit looks scary. But on the other hand, it doesn't. So mm -hmm. can you guys help me out figure this out? Oh, you should. Okay, why? Got it. Oh, you shouldn't. Why? Got yeah. it. What do you think about it? And, and then, but then, then that probably wouldn't even be a three-hour podcast. It would probably be six hours. Yeah, they did. And now here's the problem on top of that. It's like, nobody has the fucking time. Yeah. Right? I'm busy as it fucking is. I'm like, do, do, do I care enough to spend three hours to listen I to I want this? to see Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, e maybe it's just easier to just get a fucking vaccination and have at it. Right? Mm. Yeah. Is it really easier? Probably not. It actually, but it doesn't. It doesn't look easier to now fucking read for three, four hours really into it. I um, don't have. I don't have the interest. Yeah. I, and and this is the last argument I want to make about this very controversial topic. You could probably make so many reels right now and <laughs> make <laughs> we, us look we, like we're the. We're gonna put so much out of context. Uh, yeah, yeah but. Yet pro-war activist <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> we're gonna, gonna label you pro-war activist <laughs> yeah 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 right. I love Putin <laughs> he's gonna cut that in <laughs> that's another danger right because we're not gonna do it but someone can 
someone downloads the podcast and is like, look at it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, true. Yeah, I mean, they can do whatever they want at yeah. the end of the day. And because and, and, and we talked about this on the, on the on your podcast too, is like in two years from now, you don't even need to have said it. Yeah. I'm just going to have the AI Misha say shit. Yeah. All right, love war, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm actually, here's one last funny thing because we're really deep, but we also have to keep things funny. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this AI stuff. Because when people then really, when I do say something outrageous and they're like, what the fuck, Max Journal scandal? I'm like, oh, this is an AI. It wasn't me. This is clearly an AI video. You know? <laughs> it's like, Max Turner, there's a video of you surfaced where you're passed out from eating too much chips, whatever, right? And so you said so, you said something bad. I'm like, oh, that's an AI video. <laughs> that never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, you can just say. But sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh, hey, listen. Clearly, this is an AI video. Yeah. And even if it wasn't, you can just still say, no, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I could do some really stupid shit and I could always fall back on like, that's just an AI video. Yeah. <laughs> Trump's going to do that fake news, AI video. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but just finish, to finish that up, yeah. maybe to, to make really sure that we're like, that, that bring home that point about like, let's say like vaccination or not or Trump or not or whatever. Mm. I feel like what what misses nowadays is courage um mm. to say what you really believe mm. so what, what i really hated about the whole COVID discussion was that the both parties tried to argue on a on a scientific level which nobody really understood anyway <laughs> so like oh the vaccine is actually dangerous because of those reasons and this guy said this it's like hey guy can you not just say like i don't like the idea of being forced mm. because this mm. is my value mm. you know and value don't have to be logical they don't have to make sense it's just what i feel yeah so if you if you want to vote for any fucking president and you say like oh because this is the reason he no no just say like i like this guy or yeah, i don't okay. like this guy yeah i i be, i personally said i don't want to get vaccinated First of all, because I was already, uh, I already got it in Tulum. <laughs> because I, I flew to Tulum, like a thousand people's party that I, I got it. <laughs> you know? Love it. And then I was like, okay, I don't need it. I have antibodies. Yeah. But then I also felt, no, I don't want to take something that gets forced on me. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, almost, I'm almost like the opposite. Like if you force something on me, I don't want it. I don't do it. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if you would have given me the choice, maybe I would have done it. <laughs> exactly. You know, maybe, maybe I would have yeah, been be like the guys in Sweden. They had way better behavior in Sweden because they were free to. Mm, they, they, they didn't go to the nightclubs not because they couldn't because most of them were like maybe not yeah good you point, know good point so so that's why i was like no my value is freedom and self-responsibility and if you press your agenda on me i'm gonna do the exact opposite just out of that's spite. who i am that's yeah. my trauma response is yeah. fight <laughs> yeah. or like resist or rebel you know yeah. that's just who i am yeah. I like that. I felt exactly the same. Yeah. I was like, yeah, hey, I, I was completely open to the idea of getting vaccinated yeah. until it became weird. I'm like, what? what is this yeah, weird shit, eats, guys? The ads they did. Yeah, well, yeah like, what, are you, what, what is this? This is fishy. Like, if it was that good, why would I, why would you have to force me to do, you know? So it was the same thing for me. And then funny enough, because you also said um, everybody relied on science. I, I, I got so lost at some point. <laughs> um, this whole trust the science or science is real. I'm like, so is this an argument from the left or from the right now? I don't get it. Where they're like, uh, science is real. I'm like, okay, so does it mean vaccination is good or bad? <laughs> I, I, I completely got lost. Yeah. I was so confused. Uh, and then just like you, like I also got it. Then I got my recovery certificate. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like, now I don't even have to think about it. And then it was over. Funny enough, it was over really quick. Yeah. Like I remember 2021, 
uh, I went on a vacation with my girlfriend. Uh, we flew, I told you on, the, on your podcast, we flew to, we, first we flew to London to see the motherfucking, what are her names? Oh, I forgot. What's the band? The Rolling Stones. No shit. Fucking bad. God, these guys are 80. And I was like, I got to see them before they die. The uh -huh. Rolling Stones, they're old as hell. And they've been taking drugs for 60 years, probably, you know, <laughs> probably even longer. Didn't hurt uh, that bad, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne, same spiel. Um, and then after, right the next day, so that was in London. And it was such a funny story. I got to tell you this funny story, too. Um, I, Whenever I buy a ticket, a concert ticket, whatever, I, I go to the website and I just scroll down to the most expensive option and just click on it, right? Like the VIP platinum gold, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. So I buy that, and then I arrive at the at the concert with my wonderful girlfriend, and uh, I think we were before that we were in Italy, uh, Amalfi Coast, because she saw it on Instagram, and she's like, "Let's go there," and I'm like, "I don't even care, if I'll go, we'll go," <laughs> and it was amazing, Amalfi Coast, holy shit, so beautiful. Anyways, we fly to London, we go to the concert place, and uh, I remember it said on the ticket like complimentary drink. So I'm assuming like you go there and then they give you like a, here's your glass of champagne, welcome, right? So we go there and then they're like, oh, this is not your entrance. You have the VIP entrance over there. So we go there, um, I get a complimentary drink, I get like a glass of sparkling wine and I don't drink, right? I very, very rarely drink. I'm not even a fan of wine at dinner. So I have like zero tolerance. So I had this glass of sparkly thingy and I'm like, cool. And then I go to the bar. So we're in this VIP area where you can get like, catering and stuff like that so i go to the bar and i'm like i i just want like a red bull or something because i was tired and I, i'm like where's the prices like yeah whatever one red bull please he's like here you go and i'm like uh can i pay with card he's like pay no no you know you're not gonna pay and i'm like why not he's like well the ticket you bought you complimentary drinks mm -hmm. like you all you can drink like you just drink the whole evening <laughs> mm -hmm. so i'm like huh <laughs> interesting and it was 2 p.m there was a bunch of bands playing and the Rolling Stones were up at eight. Oh, shit. So I'm like, well, in that case, I'll have a... And I thought back to the times when I was still drinking, when I was like 18, 19. You know, in Austria, you can drink when you're 16, just for the, for the American fellas. Like, what do you mean? 19, you were drinking? So back then, I was still partying, drinking like any young kid in the Austrian Alps. And I'm like, okay, so I used to drink vodka Red Bull. So I'm like, can I have a vodka Red Bull? And he's like, sure, you want to make a double? And I'm like, sure, double oh, vodka Red Bull. So I got so drunk. I think this was the first time in like 15 years where I was drunk. How was it? It was funny. Yeah. It was so funny because I remember now how I am. I'm already super bad with talking because I talk all the time. Um, but when I'm drunk, it's way worse. I t talk all, I'm like the most social person in the world. So I'm sitting there with my girlfriend and I, there's like two British guys and I'm like, how are you there, lads? What are you doing? And I'm just, what do you do? I, I, I just, I, w I wanted to know everything about them. I'm like, what do you, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? Why do you speak like this? What watch is this? <laughs> I was just the most curious guy in the world. So I befriended these guys and I was so shit-faced. I was shit-faced. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And then we saw the Rolling Stones. It was great. And then on the way back, I got straight in the hangover mode. Oh, my God. We were in the hotel room. My head hurt. Oh. My mouth was dry. My stomach. I was like, fuck. I went to a, like a, like a kiosk, a 24-7 kiosk, to buy a loaf of bread and water. And I just ate the bread yeah. to somehow soak up the alcohol. 
And then the next day, uh, we drove, we took a train to Bristol to see um, Elton John live, which was Ooh. also amazing. I have no clue why I went to the story in the first yeah, place. Yeah, because <laughs> it had, it's interesting. <laughs> Can we review what I said like 20 minutes ago? <laughs> it had something to do with, um, I mean, we came from the pandemic. The so COVID thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I remember. <laughs> and I remember we were flying to Italy either before the London trip or after. And it was just like nobody had a mask anymore. Yeah. And it was like the week before that, it was like mask mandate. N24 mask or whatever these freaking masks were called. N26 or something like that. N95. Yeah, yeah. You gotta wear the mask. And, you know, it would be like, like they would like, like if you took the mask off in the airplane, they'd be like, hey, hey, yo, yo, yeah, yo, yeah. you know. And all of a sudden, one day to the other, they're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, so the virus isn't deadly anymore? Is it's not there anymore? Like it was there last week. Mm -hmm. It's now gone. So this whole silliness I found very silly. Um, but on the same time, it is really strange. Like I always kind of felt proud for myself that I I autonomously thought about it and I autonomously came to the decision that I don't want to get vaccinated because the pressure was you've probably had the same the pressure was a lot like my girlfriend pressured mm -hmm. my family pressured government's pressured every time i was in an airport pressure pre like yeah, yeah i was kind of proud of myself as weirdly as it sounds that i didn't give in to the pressure um but yeah, and, and, you yeah know, there's like there's like this meme did you see it like a certificate survivor certificate for the biggest uh <laughs> that you survived the dumb, the, the, the dumb yeah, stupidity, the, the biggest, the biggest mass <laughs> panic because you pressure basically so many people pressured and you survived yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like that's pretty... that's a good point. I should, I do want to get that certificate, and, <laughs> and, and you get to show me the view for sure. And the funny thing is, um, traveling was amazing during that time. <laughs> yeah, one that's of the best traveling certificate certificate of achievement awarded <laughs> to the unvaccinated for surviving the greatest psychological campaign in human history. <laughs> I've never seen and that. and I mean, look, I, I can laugh about this. Yeah. And on the same time, I can also acknowledge that I really believe that we're not really sure um, if we would be here without it. You know, yeah, like there's point, like there point. is a really good um, there's a really good point when I look at the the curves that okay maybe it was not deadly for us, but for some reason that still some people still got into the hospital. You know, and I personally when I got it, I I definitely what I really realized was because it was also in like a, a, a really complicated relationship situation back mm, then. Mm. So I thought I had like heart ache Ooh. from, from heart, uh, from, um, from my relationship problems. Yeah. But I actually felt like for two weeks, a heart myocarditis no shit. shit. You know, I had that. I didn't go to the gym. I was like a little bit scared. Yeah. Um, so, so, and I, I lost my fucking smell, man. Oh. Like, you know, those people who said, because I was, I got it really in the beginning where yeah. everybody was like, the, some conspiracy theorists still said, oh, it, it's just a scam. It doesn't even exist. Wow. I'm like, fuckers uh -huh. if you lose your smell for 14 days just like this That's it's crazy. definitely not it's definitely something i've never had yeah and i have enough people working in hospitals who actually told me this shit is fucking bad you yeah, know so yeah. so i i can acknowledge that okay maybe we over um, empathized a little bit we, we we made too much pressure for the whole uh, especially now we, we know that it doesn't, even, yeah, it doesn't yep. even fucking uh, suppress the spread right yeah it, yeah it was, there was like a lot of things where i'm like this is not cool but at the same time, I also would never tell anybody 
who was scared that they shouldn't have taken it exactly, because they yeah. had a good reason and and sometimes it's even the placebo that helps you know sometimes yeah. you just feel better afterwards and feel more safe it's a it's a good point yeah. and and the whole question is like and I want to kind of slowly wrap that topic up because we sound like a bunch of conspiracy dudes <laughs> on this podcast. So here's the thing: is like, because on one hand, people argue like, okay, this is the pandemic, right? This was all planned by the crazy leftists and the pharma industry, and they want they wanted to make a ton of money, and that's why it was created in a lab, la di da, right? On the other hand, though, I'm like, what if it was just like an opportunistic move that this pandemic happened? And then people panicking everywhere, right? Because we're fucking anxious and social media amplifies it. And then the pharma industry was like, hey, a bunch of people panicking. We should, why don't we capitalize on that? Let's make a vaccine and just make a ton of money. It's, and it's, then the politicians are like, that sounds great. I can make a mandate if you guys pay me. And then it's all just like, they just jumped on the bandwagon. That's probably true. And on top of that, if you look at the scientists who actually invented this vaccine mm. look at those people look, look look and talk with real scientists those are the most humble and mm. honest and and uh, curious people they just want to they you know scientists they in the lab they want to find shit yeah, out they, they, they actually wanted to help yeah, 100%. they actually was like they were scientists you know you, you think about this big company and the ceo yeah he's a shark exactly the politicians are sharks exactly but the fucking scientists are scientists they just want to do shit they yeah. just want to do shit man those yeah, are so normal fucking humble people yeah. they're not like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna poison the whole world <laughs> like, like I, I don't believe in that shit i don't believe the because if the world would be inherently flawed by so many people it, we, we wouldn't have that life yeah even with that war right now we would have a way worse life if everybody would be corrupt mm. most people are inherently good that's right i believe true. that i love that i love that you said that because that. that's exactly how it yeah. feels for me it's like it's so funny because when i was like a teenager i grew up very sheltered right right like my mom would say oh you want to grow your hair out and become a metal fan that's beautiful. You're you're so, you're such a handsome guy, right? And then all the girls like you. you, you we don't want to date you because you have weird long hair, right? So I grew up that sheltered. Like my mom would always say, "You can do whatever you want as long as you're happy," right? Mm -hmm. um, like, oh, it's it's the skiing competition. Oh, you don't want to go? Don't worry, just stay at home, right? That's how sheltered I grew up. So back then, I always I believed in the good of of humanity, but I didn't know shit. I was a stupid teenager. Okay, I didn't know shit. Funny enough. Fast forward 20 years, I'm 33. I've been through so much shit. A lot of people have lied to me. A lot of people stole from me. A lot of people talked shit about me. I've been through, you could, I, I just like you, I'm not even saying this is self-victimization. I just like an average person in my age has all the right in the world to turn really fucking bitter mm. and to be really fucking negative. F funny enough, I still believe in the good in people. I still say, just like you said, yeah. the majority of people yeah. are just fucking good people. And I'm proud of that. I'm saying this with pride. I'm proud of that, that I have not turned bitter yeah. yet. And it's also not like, oh, I made it and now I'm not bitter. It's something that I it's constantly a constant challenge. fight against. It's a constant challenge, man. It, there's people that get cancer and they are fucking bitter for the rest of their life. Yeah. Other become the most loving people, the most so grateful true. people. So Grief. It's it's grief. It's it's it, in a weird way. It's always if you know how to work through grief, and you actually come out of the other side, 
it will make, make you a better person. It does. And if, if you don't know how to work with grief, if you basically let it consume you, you will turn bitter and even like resentful. And this is actually really, really um, sad to yeah. see certain people who no, don't make it through broken. that. Yeah. Broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Broken. They yeah. got broken by it. And, and that's grief in form of, of, of actual grieving over the death of someone. Yeah. Uh, but also relationship, breakups, business. I've had a, I, I think I got broken many times. But I always pick the pieces back up. Yeah. And, uh, and I it, hope we will. Exactly. It, it's fucking weird as it sounds, yeah. right? And it's the crazy thing is like you do something and you're like, I will never recover from this. Yeah. And then a year later, you're like, oh, I'm still fucking here. Two years later, just random time zones, random time frames. Two years later, you're like, I'm actually grateful that it happened. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I'm very happy that I'm grateful. And that was because you mentioned also our the ayahuasca experience that you and I both participated in about a month ago. The whole first ceremony was just that. It was like I was just crying. And it was such a letting go crying of like, Oh my God, I have so much pain in me that is all surfacing now that is coming out from that crying. But at the same time, I'm so happy, so thankful, so grateful for that pain. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest crying ever because it was literally a crying yeah. of joy, of pain, of sadness, of happiness all at the same time. Yeah. And the, and the reason for that is because pain and pleasure, love and hate, they're so close to each other mm. sometimes mm. and this is ecstatic that's aliveness that's what i said like wow. the, the 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 opposite of of love is apathy it's like mm. indifference mm. right as long as you feel you can actually transform it into ecstasy in in real ecstasy and this is what i really believe like if, if there's a part of you who hates yourself that's okay that's better than if you don't feel anything if you feel numb then you have to really be careful. But that's but, a good point. But everything else you can transform. You can you can work through it. Obviously, it needs coaching. It needs maybe some even some some spiritual guidance sometimes. Mm. I also had my um, spiritual guide who helped me in, in a very dark place where I thought like maybe I'm gonna be stuck here. You know, like mm. I didn't really see the clarity anymore. So it's really important to reach out also and then to listen. Like I said again, listen. And and I'm I'm, I'm really glad to hear that that you can actually um, alchemize pain into pleasure into gratitude that's Mm. already if you once did that then you you have this mechanism in you and you believe for the next time you have you have you have the the trust the primal trust it's a very good point at some point and i remember this specifically i had to relearn that lesson many times something bad happened to me and it almost broke me and then i'm like okay i'm grateful and then you think okay that's that's it i got it now and then something else happens and then you fall again into this dark deep pit of self-victimization of this is unfair why did so and so do this to me how the fuck do i deserve this they deserve it i don't they're evil i'm good poor me um and then every single time i made that i hit that rock bottom and it's the curve started going back up right the 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 the, 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 the table started turning it was i'm like it, it was almost like an epiphany in and of itself of like hey hold on a second <laughs> i'm fucking grateful that this happens it's a very very strange feeling and then out of that i often get this feeling of like you know what give me more hmm. give me more of that shit i'm gonna turn 
all of that into gold, motherfuckers. I'm mm-hmm. going to go even harder now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go even more all out. Give me more. I'm not even having enough. And that's kind of like the boxer, the MMA fighter that has his whole face is bloody. Yeah. And he's like, come on, come at me, bro. And I like that because you're moving up the levels of energy. You and I have talked a lot about spiral dynamics with the different colors. Levels of energy, Frederick Dotson. I think you said you haven't read it yet, right? You no. Read. It's a great fucking book. So he, it's like, it's like, I'm butchering this, but he has different levels of energy, right? On the very, very bottom is apathy. Just mm-hmm. like you say, hey, if you're in apathy, that's where you're really fucked, right? Um, and then uh, uh, self-pity victimization is pretty low, but the one that is right above it is actually uh, anger, fighting, mm-hmm. right? So what you're doing is what I just described is like self-pity, poor me, why is this happening to me? I switch from that to, you know what? Give me even more. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in fighting, right? And from there, it's, it's pride. Pro- pride, productivity. Out of that productivity, you have creativity. Then you have self-love, acceptance, yeah. sharing, and so on and so forth. It's, it's, I'm not a woo-woo person. I want to say this. I mean, in this podcast, we're going from conspiracy crazy stuff to woo-woo stuff. Um, I'm not a woo-woo person at all. And the Frederick Dotson levels of energy has some weird woo-woo stuff in there. We're like, what the fuck are you talking about now? Mm. But in essence, he, he has some really good points about like there's different types of energies that you're moving through uh, throughout the day, yeah. throughout your life, throughout your career, throughout a year. Uh, also locally when you go to different places. And that's funny enough. I remember that specifically when visiting you in Zurich. You go from Ukraine, that pre-war Ukraine, okay, to Zurich. You feel the energy changing. Yeah. It goes from kind of – because Ukraine always has this heavy feeling of um, you feel this post-communism. It's yeah. just so strong. It's the collective field. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like this like everybody fend for themselves. The government kind of just wants to scam us. Uh, we're going to scam ourselves through and all that. You kind of feel that. Mm-hmm. And then you get out of the airport in Switzerland. There's fucking butterflies. The birds are chirping. People are rich as hell. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I feel the energy is mm-hmm. very, very different. Um, and that's really interesting. It's definitely a book that I recommend you. Um, <sighs> we talk about... So what, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, what can we talk about so people will not think we're crazy anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end, they will think whatever they think, right? Uh, it's not you to choose. Let them think. Here's, but, here's, but you can choose for who, what you want to be I was about, for. I, I, was, I was about to say that. Here, here's the funny part. Uh, I've never talked about this, I think, publicly. When I had the dating niche, I was very much myself. Um, because as a dating coach you always kind of have the argument of like social freedom, right? So I would literally have speeches in front of 300, 400 people um, while wearing two items of clothing, just a pair of shorts and a shirt, like a tank top shirt, no underwear, no socks, no shoes, just this. And I would still close the room for $150,000. And that was cool. That was something very interesting about that niche because um, you could say, well, look at this guy. He's supposed to be dating because he looks like a bum, which I literally did. I had crazy beard. I had a man bun. Mm. Uh, the man bun it's almost an advantage. Exactly. And they're like, well, look at him. He still has a great dating life, but he literally, and while literally looking like a bum, plus look how little he cares, right? A big thing with, with, with young men and dating is they care too much. 
They want to be cool. They're like, am I looking cool? They're very insecure, right? But then they have a, a thought leader, a dating coach that says, look at me. I literally don't care what I look like. I literally don't care if I talk about something um, very personal up on stage and it makes me look like an idiot. I have that social freedom, that, that lightheartedness that you're seeking, right? So that was really cool in terms of branding. Uh, on a freedom scale of one to 10, I had 10 out of 10 yeah. freedom. I did not have to worry about anything. If I would, would swear, if I would say the word fuck, Mm -hmm. No problem. You're a dating coach, right? If I would, again, like if I would, it would be unshaved. No problem. You're a dating coach, right? It would, like you said, it would almost be an advantage. And what happened then when I started transitioning into business consulting, it hit me really hard mm -hmm. because I'm like, hold on a second. You're now telling people how to make money. And that's a much more conservative topic, yeah. right? Because people are now trusting you with their money. So you have you you can't just sit there with a Jurassic Park tank top, <laughs> right? It was my favorite tank top. I still have that. I wear it at home. But the moment I shoot a video, I'm like, tank top off, polo shirt or long sleeve shirt on, right? This this idea of like, okay, hey, this guy is supposed to handle money and no business. He needs to look the part. And funny enough, it took me almost three years, like from 2019 to, to literally last year. Um, to let myself go a little bit more. I almost felt like I had, I had a chip on my shoulder of like, can't talk about this, mm. can't say that, can't wear this because it would look bad, right? Says the guy with the crazy finger tattoos. I can't do anything yeah. about those. Those are permanent, right? Yeah. But, um, and only now, literally this year, I have the confidence in what I'm representing here in this brand mm -hmm. to say, you know what? We are going to talk about ayahuasca on my mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. I am going to swear every now and then, albeit I definitely swear less than I used to. Um, because number one, I trust in my business and the value it provides to be top notch. Mm -hmm. So you might think I'm an idiot because I'm talking about ayahuasca and may there's probably going to be people who say, that's where I draw the line. Psychedelic mm -hmm. ayahuasca thing, not gonna buy from that. There's always gonna be people from that. Better right? for you. Exactly. And for them. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I also know that I everybody that does buy from us, we back it the fuck up mm -hmm. with top notch, best of the best accountability program, uh, life calls. Everything we do is one-on-one. -on -one. I could probably get away with letting it slack more, the delivery side, but I don't want to. And part of that, why I don't want to, is because I'm like, if people are already gonna say I'm too unprofessional here on camera on the free content, if people already doubt me because I have tattoos on my fingers, then at the very least, if they do give us that trust, I want them to be overwhelmed with, okay, this is really fucking awesome, mm -hmm. okay? This guy might not look as conservative as the competitor. He might have tattoos and, and swear, but holy shit, his program is legit. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I always want to over-deliver. Yeah. That, that's one thing. And then the other thing is, it, it, it gets really hard if you cannot be yourself exactly. on camera. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to literally self-censor yourself. And it's crazy because you're like, well, I, I, just, I just have to refrain from talking about that and I'll make more money. So it's not really that bad. But the moment you go do that compromise, 
it hurts way more than the monetary value that you could lose yeah man i mean i mean when you look back at patrick and me in the early days fitness youtubing like we got fucking successful we filled the feeble halls like there was like there was like twenty thousand people who were just there because of us or something and we were so successful because we really didn't care. Yeah. We, did, we, we filmed ourselves doing MDMA and Ibiza. We, we did like crazy shit, you know, like things you will get canceled nowadays. Mm. So, so it's, it's, it's kind of true what you're saying that there, it's almost like there was like this part of suppression of like being perfect, being like whatever. And even I felt it when I transitioned because I, I didn't want to, for example, talk too much about uh, some things, you yeah. know? especially, yeah. especially when it comes to like relationships, for example, I had like this, feeling of like almost like feeling responsible not to talk about the details of my relationship because my ex-girlfriend and me we had like different values so i was like Mm. okay let's just keep it for myself yeah but now nowadays i'm like hey i i want to be exactly who i am and it's almost like if you if people buy you in a censored version and then in the in the program you almost talk way more real because you like the people more obviously your clients are always the the closest people yeah yeah and then they are like oh my god max is actually way way too much he swears way too much yeah then they give you a bad review Good point. Good so point. the reason why, for example, Chainless Life doesn't have any bad reviews is because they get exactly what they ask for, even more mm. of what they want. Mm. Because I am literally just being myself. And I think the more you try to be a super, super hardcore somebody else, the harder it gets. Obviously, there's jobs like dentists or doctors. You or you actually they, you want to, them to wear that white thing, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Otherwise, you're like, what the fuck? You yeah, know? good so, point. So it's that the perceived confidence. Yeah. But especially with, with characters like you, like our our biggest asset is our personality. Very true. Very and true. and I buy also from people when they have a certain personality and a certain professionalism in what they're saying may resonates with me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And and that is really a lesson that hit me really hard over the last couple of months nice. because I went very extreme once I started transitioning into the business consulting. Also because I probably felt I had something to prove. Yeah. There's more behind the Jurassic Park tank top wearing crazy dating guy. I could also be fucking professional. Mm. So, you know, to bring it back to what we said earlier, to be grateful about the challenges, like I probably needed to go through that. It was probably good that I fully did a hard cut there and said, you know what? I'm not the swearing dating coach guy. I'm the professional Max Torno now, right? I went from RSD Max to Max Torno, um, which was cool. And now that Max Torno is slowly refining his voice Mm -hmm. slowly four fucking years, 2019, Mm -hmm. now it's 2023. I'm slowly finding my voice again where I'm saying, you know what? I am confident with swearing. Mm -hmm. I am confident with talking about crazy topics with Mishayani. It's on my podcast. I'm confident with that. Take it or fucking leave it. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that feels really good. It feels very liberating. And I also think, like you said, my content's getting way better mm-hmm. because I don't have this, like you mm-hmm. feel it. You feel, even if it's just what this guy is holding 1% back, he just had half a second where he thought twice about the mm-hmm. next sentence. You fucking feel it. The flow is gone. And this is what we used to do <clears throat> back at RSD. I also want to give huge shout outs here to my mentors, RSD Tyler, AKA Owen Cook, because he values the art of public speaking so highly. Like, and I never really understood until now. He, his enti- the entire business model of RSD is based on making videos and being a killer public speaker. Um, and um, when I transitioned away from it, I'm like, public speaking, whatever, man, doesn't matter. Just make good ads, mm-hmm. content, get people 
to fucking buy, right? And now I'm like, no, no, no. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to reignite the podcast. Because uh, I had over 200 episodes on it. They were all 10 minutes long. Just talk about one quick topic. Book a call here. Which is cool. A lot of people bought from us. And a lot of people gave us really good feedback on it. Like, hey, like these value snippets are great. But then I was like, I don't want that anymore. I want to have this old school RSD times raw yeah, man. conversations. And a lot of people ask me when they get on the podcast, like, what are we going to talk about? What are the questions going to be? And I'm like, what questions? There ain't going to be no questions, man. Um, you're going to hop on and we just ramble. And funny enough, I remember one of the first um, business public speaking gigs I did. I think it was in Frankfurt at a, a marketing fest, I think it was called. And it was, a, I think, 2,000 people. It was a huge hall, 2,000 people. And uh, I was one of the last people to be on stage because I had, I think, one of the bigger brands. So, you know, they let me like co-headline or something like that. And they were like, okay, Max, like you're on in 10 minutes. I need your presentation. I'm like, presentation? Yeah, yeah. Like the, you know, we need the presentation. The flip to, chart. To, 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 to show it on the, on the screen. I'm like, oh, I don't have any. You don't have a presentation? No. Okay, well, what is the topic? What's your topic? I don't know. What? What do you mean you don't know? You're up in ten minutes. You what the fuck? I don't have a. I don't have. I don't know. I've been doing public speaking around the world for four years. I've been traveling the world four years. World tour. This is not traveling the world, backpacking through freaking Thailand. This was public speaking world tour four years. There's been years where my first public speaking was January second. And my last public speaking was December 23rd. Ugh. Zero breaks in between. Every week, a new city. Every Monday, travel to a new city. Thursday, three-hour live seminar. And after that, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching. Friday, one-on-one -on -one coaching. Saturday, 10-hour paid live seminar and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Sunday, shoot videos. Monday, travel to the next city. I did this for years. So for me, public speaking is the easiest thing in the world. Hmm. Plus, I think I'm gifted at it. I love rambling. So... <laughs> They're like, they're freaking out because I don't have a topic. And they're like, how the fuck is speaker, the co-headliner, not having a topic? And I literally, they, I told them, just introduce me. Just be like, this is Max Torno. And that's all you got to do. Don't worry. I got this. And I went out and I'm just starting to talk. I'm like, hey, we're going to be in Frankfurt, blah, blah, blah. I just realized that. I had a 30-minute 30 30-minute speech. Made a couple of people cry just because I just talked myself into an emotional state where I talked about, I think I talked about like chances. You have to take chances and how beautiful it is when you grow and, and how, how kind of similar to what we've talked about mm -hmm. is how beautiful the pain is that you got to enjoy this. There were people freaking crying. And then I get off stage and they're like, you didn't plan this? And it was really cool. This public speaking is, is, is a skill. It's so freaking important and you can only to go full circle you can only make it happen if you have no filters mm -hmm. i don't think one can be a great public speaker if they yeah. cannot fully be themselves yeah because you'll always have that chip on your shoulder you'll always yeah. have that filter through which you're talking yeah i got introduced by ted and it was horrible i had to like prepare 15 minutes of material i mean this fucking video got 15 uh, 3 million views no so shit. it somehow worked your off TED talk TED talk, yeah, but <clears throat> I hated it. I never knew. What is it about? About natural bodybuilding. Damn, yeah, it was wait, like six years ago. Can we pull it up? Six, seven years ago. Can you pull, a, or <clears throat> pull it up on the phone? Yeah. 
I want to yeah. check that. I had no idea. Man. Yeah, yeah. And then, then afterwards, I had a few other ones, but it was always like prepared. <clears throat> but now, even though I didn't do any public speaking, I do like IG lives, and that's where mm. I just talk. Exactly yeah, I like see now. those. They're like an hour long. Yeah, or something right and out. I can also just ramble. But um, yeah, it's always the the question is always what do, what do you want to do, right? Like if I feel like if you have full self expression. If you really want to fully self-express, there you are. Natural, become the best version of yourself. Three point two million views, my man. Man, you look different. Uh huh. Neues Kapitel, Mishayane TED Talk, six years ago. Yeah. You and Patrick rise seven man. years. Yeah, man. You look like you look. You know what you look like? Sorry to interrupt. You look like um, you look like Phil Anselmo, the Pantera <laughs> singer. <laughs> love it anyways yeah speaking. like I, like i said this is this is the thing why i feel like um that the if you really know how to express yourself fully yeah um and you feel comfortable and you have quite some competence in yeah it, i feel uh, you know it's funny that you say quite yeah, some, yeah, yeah because because nowadays i feel like this whole democratization of, of social media um like everybody can talk now everybody's an expert now so so the, the the thing is we need more perception we need more people who actually perceive the world right and then they express what they see but now everybody just sees a little bit and expresses everything so, <laughs> so it's, it's almost like a little bit where I feel like you can also be a little bit too overexpressive. Yeah, yeah. Like we also obviously just talked about so many things right now. We were just sharing our ideas, right, our our opinions. But I still feel, um, like I said, when you when you have some sort of like um, conviction, you can actually um, touch the people way better. But by what you really believe in, and most people they just have the second voice in their head, and then they're like, "Yeah, how can I say this politically correct? Mm. And how can I?" And and like I said, the world is fucking complex, and that's why you should perceive a lot, and you should look, and you should see, and you should think before you talk. I get it, but at some point, if you really want to change something, if you make it, want to make a decision, you still have to somehow be convinced. And if you're not fully convinced mm. and you just always sit around, then we're back in this like topic of people who are just never going to do anything, you know? It's a very good point. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you traveled, I, I, you, I think you traveled way more than me. Most importantly, you traveled to much more remote places. Like, I've never been to South America. Mm. Far, furthest I've been is uh, Panama, mm-hmm. and that's Central America. Mm. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> w- how much of that <clears throat> perception do you think came to you from the traveling how important is it i think i think a lot man i think a lot because just the cultural implications of the things you you see when you're around Mm. around people which have complete different value systems value structures um the way they grow up the way they are with each other not not only through language i mean even a new language open up opens up a new world Mm. in you but um, the contrast also of coming back to Switzerland, like you said, like the the prosperity and all the things you see in Switzerland, but then also this like how much do they actually um, experience? Like they go very linearly from A to B, but how much is actually are they like able to be present in the moment? So that's something I see. And then you see like in, in South America and Colombia, you see people with way less, mm. but they are somehow here you know mm. like they're, they're they're here they can look you in the eyes they can actually like that they're smiling more um so i think i think a lot of culture and also just a lot about um 
myself at the end also again like how am who am i in the in the face of other um, systems of other people uh, just the fact that um, I, I think for me it was also a lot of this like YouTube fame I, I started to uh, dislike especially in the gyms mm. like being in gyms everybody wants to talk you know yeah. or like even on the streets even nowadays my girlfriend says like it's crazy how many people know you even though you are I mean I'm not hyper famous uh, but the thing is I look very very um particular yeah, so it's very yeah. easy to spot me mm-hmm. you know because I, I i know nobody in the football or like soccer all the stars could walk in front of me i wouldn't recognize them yeah. because i literally don't know how they look and also a lot of other people so just being in other countries not getting reflected back a bias of who i am i already am you know mm, i mean mm. sometimes even with my body you always have a bias right away yeah. but but still feeling like like a a blank slate and just easing into new relationships uh, even the fact that i was like living in la for so long like every year uh, and making friends there and almost like now my brain is wired differently like a mm. lot i have like i literally have german friends and i have american friends yeah. and they don't get along very well because <laughs> yeah. those are germans and those are americans yeah. uh, i mean uh, on the ones which are a little bit more se- uh, like centered on yeah. that yeah but but i am both Mm-hmm. I, I, I literally have the American code in me because I, I just lived long enough there. I interacted yeah. long enough with people. I had a girlfriend for six years. Now my girlfriend is also from the States. Yeah. So I just feel you, you, the best words I have is codes. You just get codes. <laughs> and the more codes you have, it's like in your immune system, you know, mm-hmm. you just get more open and on the same time also more, um, what's the word? Um nuanced yeah you get more nuanced and and it just it just does something with you i it's really hard for me to to quantify it um but when i look at reading books and listening to podcasts i can say this this is a different form of of knowledge but this is more like gnosis it's more like feeling and i i personally am a big believer in learning through um, observing people like like when you do as kids you watch your parents you know you watch people and and just for example the people i met at burning man um, the last few years like people that are a little bit older than me and how they do certain things how they act or for example watching billionaires um, hmm. how they do shit how how for example i met two billionaires and it's so interesting how there is no that can't like can't doesn't work for them Love it. there's no can't so so it's not just it's not the big things like oh yeah we can do everything it's like they've they're they're so solution-based that there is they literally have like a um almost like a psychic mind of knowing exactly what this person will need in 10 seconds and they already do it, you know? So, so they're, they're really hyper, hyper aware of all the possibilities they are and how to do them. So, so for them, there is no, there's no nose. There's just like, we can do everything we want. We can create and co-create and bam, bam, bam. So it's just very inspiring to be in this field, Mm. to bring it back to your spiral of people who actually transcended transcended the the survival program of like mm. oh i have to survive mm. i have to make it once you really like you realize like oh i fucking made it all the way already along you know mm. like i have all my goals and money and and status and and sex and um safety and dominance and um stimulus it's it's it, we all need it and it's, it's it's basic needs like we all have our basic needs but at the end of the day and and that's for me i realized that the first time when i had my sword in the hand to come full circle it's like every time you reach a goal 
eventually there's like a part of you who also knows oh i'm also a little bit closer to death again mm. like like the, those goals expose your mortality in a, in a very interesting way like mm. three years all down the line oh now i reached that goal what next what's next so so it, it's really important to 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 stay true to those karmic to to, uh, to that karmic purpose but then uh, like i said there's certain people they transcend that eventually and then they realize that there's also another purpose which is not karmic which is not linear which is just like rest Huh. as awareness as 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 pure consciousness and when you're in that state that's where you actually start to create things that are not even like um, comprehensible that's that's the the upper limit of that spiral i, I read a very similar book from david hawkins where mm. he talks about like pull um power and force yeah yeah and and that's where synchronicity start to happen like stuff that actually don't make sense so the last state you have to transcend this reason and as you may mm. know i'm a really reasonable I, I i try to be very reasonable so mm. my mind works on reason a lot that's mm. why i have a really balanced <clears throat> life and i really love the life i've constructed with reason but now i realize in order to um get further i eventually have to lose my mind i have to <laughs> transcend reason and realize that there's even more like oh, love oh, yes. like 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 enlightenment or, tr or freedom or what do you want to call it i don't know if you ever do you ever do you know frank yang like he's pretty interesting for who me, is that guy. is that the politician about the no he used to be a fitness influencer too and now he's like a quote-unquote buddha enlightenment yeah, it's like the yeah. highest form of enlightenment I, th I think he even did videos with Tyler, yeah i think so. yeah, yeah. He, he's very famous yeah. and, and he and, and he's on he's up to he's on to something <laughs> you know also just from from my perspective uh I'm, you should have him on his on your podcast if he's ever Hell yeah yeah if he wants to i'm down yeah Frank Yang, reach out yeah, <laughs> yeah so so um, yeah, just just realizing that there's so many worlds you can just dip in mm. and make it a part of like almost like a like I told you in the beginning, we are all a separate universe, right? Like yeah. we're all our own little bubble. And um, I was I, I came from a, from from parents that are pretty closed, like pretty mm. that works for me. That's enough. I don't need mm. any more. And I see how we're all. The more older we get, the more it's almost like a defense mechanism yeah. to to actually i need i want to have the certainty now this is exactly. and and i feel it too with me there's certain things i don't want to change anymore yeah. i, I want to say that i i found it you know it feels good it feels very very good to be here but then to also expand again and to realize like no there's another universe here and this person can teach you a lot and i personally don't believe that you can learn something from every person because that would mean that um you would have to open yourself up to everybody and i still want to prioritize but i there's a, a lot of people can teach you something more than you think you know and that's why i i really um love traveling because you get exposed to those people mm -hmm. and especially if you can drop your role as whoever you you played and you can just acknowledge that you don't have to play a role at all you can just be a blank slate and just look and just react completely from your heart you know and it just makes everything new and 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 yeah just fresh yeah and that's good it's it's definitely a nice yeah and, and the remoteness is important too like mm -hmm. you said it's it, it, like cities to little villages to little islands it mm -hmm. makes something you know when when you travel how do you make sure that you experience the place that you're in in the best possible way because for me traveling always goes along with a lot of stress 
because like you literally just said, I need my routine. Mm-hmm. I need my macros, I need my steak, eggs. Here's where I buy the fruit. I need my butcher. Um, I need to have a gym. It's like, uh, and I think it's very good that I have that on one mm-hmm. side because it allows me to progress. Uh, so for example, we lived in Japan a whole mm-hmm. month this year and I made a shitload of money. I progressed a lot with my physique and all that, which is really good. Um, and I also think I managed to balance pretty well of still experiencing the culture there. Mm-hmm. But then I also I'm worried that if I'm too much in that rigid mm-hmm. structure, it takes away from this just letting go and experience. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? By dropping the rigidity to a certain degree. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yeah. The question is how? Yeah. So because, so because you're still in sick shape. Like that's, yeah. that's how I'm always wondering that too. It's like, how the hell is this guy still look like? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it was also leaning into the fear of losing that first. Right. Mm. Like I, I mean, I was, I was bigger. Mm. I was like 10 pounds heavier, I would say. Um, but now I just feel better mm. and I feel also like more real. So it's also this acknowledgement that, um, whatever, I, it's almost like this. You have this fear. The max right now has this fear of like, hey, if I let go more, who am I going to be? How mm-hmm. I'm going to look? But eventually, you will feel better. You know, like it's it, it, like if you follow the things you really want to do, you will take maybe even a little bit more body fat or a little bit less muscle. Like for me, I have less muscle, I feel better, and then that's all I need. But the Misha two years ago, three years ago, he would hate to hear that. <laughs> he wouldn't have done it, mm-hmm. even even if I would tell him like, look, here I am, I three years. Um, later happier but look how i look he would be like oh no i don't want to be that guy but eventually you want to be that guy mm. and that's why you where you have to be, be very counterintuitive and realize like hey sometimes it's um, for example iceland that was a month in iceland i really experienced iceland to the fullest Damn. there's not more iceland you can experience yeah um i was literally and hey i went to the gym in this whole month maybe four times <laughs> you know i i ate very suboptimal especially as a vegan really really hard yeah to be on a vegan diet in iceland uh, so i wasn't optimally eating I, did, I wasn't optimally sleeping but at the end i was just coming back with lots of motivation to get back into my routine mm-hmm. so it's, it's like a breath you know you breathe in and you breathe out so there's like moments when you just like completely expand and then there's moments you come back and you contract again into your old systems and something mm-hmm. will fall up fall off so so a lot of supplements i don't take anymore a lot of like i i used to think that i need to go at least four times a week to the gym mm-hmm. for like an hour or an, one and a half now i do three workouts a week 40 minutes mm-hmm. you know yesterday just went for four sets of squats <laughs> just did four sets of squats i felt no perfect and and today i'm probably going to do um yoga a session of yoga um so that's another thing to really um decrease you said you yeah, need this i need this i need this so so the question i always do is do you really need it or do you want it mm-hmm. and how much do you want it mm-hmm. and what do you want even more than that right like mm-hmm. and, and eventually you will realize okay maybe i don't need that uh, steak every day even though maybe there's a part of me who really feels in control doing it this yeah. is a comfort yeah and maybe i want to actually lean into the discomfort but but that there again self-compassion now we're, we're making the full circle back to the separate roles there's a super dedicated crazy max who wants that steak in every day the same that's why he goes to all those butchers bam 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 and then you, you see him and you see also this other max who wants to experience maybe even a little bit deeper the culture of japan yeah and maybe he's going to actually find a crazy person who brings him to the best Japanese restaurant where he eats like the best Toro um, tuna he could never expect it to even find. Yeah. If yeah. he, uh, but then there's this Max who wants to be in the butcher. So, so you almost have to open up your 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 um your system to this like uncertainty, which then 
I mean, my 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 current girlfriend is a really good inspiration for that. She's so mm. open. Mm. She's so open that, and also on the same time, so receptive to everything that mm. I can I can say like, if she finds the right people, it goes so fast. Bam, 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 and then nice. she, yeah. So so um, being more open to to what what actually drives you right now, and and obviously that can also be scary for me. It always feels like, oh, am I going to be super reactive? Am mm. I just going to like be like a flipper ball, like yeah. bing, 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 bing. But it, it actually doesn't feel like that. And and like I said, it's it's it needs time, and you need to basically tell the max who wants the butcher max and the 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 discipline max, like yo, bro, I know you want the structure, but let's just keep it a little bit chill <laughs> because I really also want to like experience myself in a new way. Okay, there's two different parts of me that I want to want the complete opposite things, maybe even. Mm. But how can we make this happen? Yeah. That both at the end feel good, mm. like in a relationship, basically, mm -hmm. right? Like you try to manage each other's needs. Yeah, and I think that's away from the extreme, away from the black and white, which is basically the biggest dichotomy most of us have in our head. It's either good or bad. It's either yeah. right or wrong. Yeah. It's healthy or unhealthy. This mm. is a good food. This is a bad food. This is mar in marketing that works mm -hmm. to sell people. But mm -hmm. in, in reality, you should be nuanced yeah. to have a healthy mind because the other thing is psychological suffering. Hmm. That's just what it is. You said something really cool that I really like. It really resonated with me when you said like, what do I want and what do I want more? Yeah. Because I don't take enough time to ask myself that. It's so easy to just, well, this is the calories I eat. This is my gym thing. Cause I've always done it. I haven't asked myself like, do I want this? Uh, sure. I want it, but do I want this more? Do I still want like how much of what we do in our life is we're doing because we were used to doing it and how much of it is us doing it because we actually still want it. And that's definitely something that I'm going to take away from this mm. podcast. Uh, I always say like I, I'm the guy who learns the most from my own podcasts. I'm the guy who learns the most from my own life calls with my clients. I learned so much from life call yesterday. It's always really cool. Um, look, before we wrap things up, what's next? I'm not even going to specify that. Just what's next for you? Um, I'm going to fly to Prague in two days and I'm going to attend a pretty interesting event, which is a big surprise still, mm -hmm. but I heard there is uh, some substances involved in the church and, and, uh, some sort of, a <laughs> a, 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 uh, opera. Damn. So some, some really crazy stuff, which also happened out of a synchronicity, like almost like my, like I said, I have a German and the, and the English bubble and they have some interconnections and mm. through those interconnections. Now I'm, I'm attending an event of some really interesting, powerful people. And then I'm going to go to Venice, Italy with, with, the, with the same tribe. And there's another really crazy event, which also involves somehow an opera, but another guy's organizing it. <laughs> so there's like something with operas coming up and, and, uh, and masks and um, really interesting stuff, pirate stuff. Oh, it's, pirate, it's, it's, it's very yeah. special curated events, which I want to do myself. I did my first one with you, right? Like yeah. I, I want to, like my goal to, to answer the question, what's next, like metanoia, it uh, was one event and I feel the urge or like almost like the calling to make it um, an experience three times a year. Mm. And every experience will be a complete different experience. So one will be about truth, which is one of my deepest core values is mm. truth, which is, is for the truth seekers who want to drink with, with, with uh, shamans next, next time, probably somewhere in South America. 
Um, and I want to do an event where, where, which is dedicated to purpose, which is another one of my core values, which is more work driven, more like mastermind driven, mm. but also like with obviously a lot of cool elements. And one event I want to do about passion, mm. about expression, about like enjoyment, about hedonism where you just experience the most craziest things you ever think you could sign me up for that one. yeah yeah so my idea is because i see now how other people are doing it like yeah. people from burning man right even burning man if you look it's a few billionaires who make a party for a for a hundred thousand artists yeah. basically. if you really look at burning man there's a few billionaires that come together and say like we have so much fucking money partying with rich people is fucking boring <laughs> who wants to party with rich people so we're gonna make this thing together and we're going to invite all those artists and those quirky people because yeah. those are the funny people and all together it's going to be a special mix yeah so if i look at it i would love to organize events where we have like a certain dynamic where there's going to be cool people yeah. you know yeah Sick. yeah <laughs> and then like yeah and just to and, and obviously metanoia means like having a new way of thinking yeah so um, that's where I'm going to learn now in those events. How do, do they do that? What is their um, way of doing that? And how does it work? What kind of uh, yeah, people do you, do you need? You know, and, and what's the organization efforts about it? Because making a, an offline event is different than doing online shit. That's mm -hmm. definitely something I realized. But I feel even more alive doing, online, uh, doing offline than online. Hell yeah. yeah, so going more offline, going even a little bit less on, on social media probably. Mm -hmm. At least maybe AI will take care of that, <laughs> hopefully. So I can, I can more pull the strings in the background yeah. and, just, and, just, and just unite the right people and do the whole thing I just said, like just influence the influencers <laughs> beautiful man misha i'm happy i know you yeah you're an absolute legend <laughs> you're my bro i love you i love you brother thanks for coming up and uh how can people find you give Just, us some links uh, instagram i mean english content only on instagram basically so, Misha Janitz. yeah check them out we're gonna add some other links if you have any in the description below and uh definitely check my homeboy misha out thank you so much and gg and if you get inspired by this and you've been with us through the entire episode and you say man this whole traveling around and i also want to have the cool lifestyle and i want to help people and build a genuine business then i got something very cool for you go ahead and book a free consultation call with me and my team on that call we will literally look at what you could do what you could offer your business ideas anything and we'll literally tell you the steps that you need to implement in order to get to your goals of maybe making your first 10k a month 20k a month even scale to potentially 250k plus a month the way to do that is maxtorno.com forward slash call that's where you can book your call. Uh, if the link still works, it means we have spots open. We're currently working on expanding, uh, so we get a lot of people coming in. So maxtorno.com forward slash call. Book your call there and talk to you soon.